This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Buckets. My guest today is a writer, a podcaster, and most importantly, a Laker fan. Please welcome to the show, Nick Weiger. You can bucket buckets. Tightest theme in the biz. <laughs> I want to get it down to a second and a half. Yeah, but it, there's, there's still a little some more fat. fat. In there. Right. Yeah, like where would you recommend? Maybe the like a frame or two after bucket buckets. Yeah, I think so. I think you, you could maybe take the air out between the two buckets. <laughs> yeah, or just you're, go down to one bucket. You're getting bucket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I chose that theme song. I was like, I'll just slap this together for right. the first episode. Ten weeks later, I'm still using it. It endures until you get a cease and desist from and, the uh, John Tesh estate. <laughs> and now it's even more topical because that quote is John Wall hyping up Bradley Beal. Right. Who's, you know, no longer a bucket bucket. Yeah. They're all struggling over there. That's a, uh, boy, the Wizards are a mess. The Wizards are a mess. And a, an entertaining mess. I, I, work with a, I work with a Wizards fan, and uh, he's, like, he's not, a, he doesn't seem crestfallen but he's like in a state of just sort of like kind of fuck it like it's kind of it's more of a nihilist sort of yeah. I, I think that's the only way you can you can still be a fan of the wizards at this point i want to do like it seems like an article but i guess a podcast about the different types of like one in five teams like right there are teams that are like holy shit this team's one in five there are teams that are like yeah that makes sense we're one in five there sure are teams that are like should we blow it up should we fire the coach right as expected the lakers are not too far from that record yeah, I think they're. I think two and five as we record. That's right, as we record two and five. Uh, I wanted to warm us up a little bit, get us in the mode of talking about hoops, just in case you weren't thinking about it twenty four seven. Right. Uh, do you remember when Magic Johnson coached the Lakers? I do. This was a brief period, and it didn't go. It didn't go too well. Didn't go too well. It was the ninety three ninety four season. They he took over after the Lakers fired Randy Fund. Right. You know, Fund. Uh, he had a five and eleven record. And I wanted to just warm us up by throwing out some names of the players he coached on that 93-94 team. I can help you out because I'm cheating. I'm staring at it. But if you got some names to throw at me, I can let you know if you're correct, incorrect, if you need some nudging. Ooh, boy. Okay. 93-94. 93-94. General, general era. General the era. The big name. The big names. At the time. And But, you know, the, the, year, I might, the year I might be off, Sedale Threat was around. Sedale Threat was around. That is correct. Number okay. three. The Thief. The thief. He was he was the bridge in between the Magic era and the Kobe era. Right. We needed like he was like the Jordan Clarkson before there was Jordan Clarkson. There was a lot of threet buzz yeah. in SoCal around that time. <laughs> he was the original bucket bucket. Yeah. Uh, who else was in there? Do you think? Um. Well, I remember of the Showtime Lakers. I believe the 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 guy with the longest tail <laughs> in his career was Byron Scott. I don't know if he was still on the roster. Byron Scott, I believe, left the year before, but there was one more Showtime Lakers still sticking around. Was this AC Green? <laughs> That's a great guess. I think AC Green came back after that. He was on the Suns at the time. Yeah. Uh James Worthy still on the Worthy's team. Worthy still on the team in 94. Wow. I think he's still wearing goggles. I mean, I think he had to. Yeah. That was his whole thing, right? <laughs> well, was his, like, uh, prescription goggles, or was he just straight-up eye-protective goggles? I think they were—well, they might have been prescription. 
I on the Lakers because he's on the Lakers wrap up show, the studio show yep. on, on Sportsnet. No goggles and no goggles there. <laughs> so he's either gone to contacts or they were. It was just all like all a, a work yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it 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 was. It would be jarring to see him without the goggles. It would like on the court. It would be like when when Hulk Hogan left a uh, Hulkamania and came back as Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> just like oh my god. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see goggles anymore. Actually, who still wears goggles? Uh, I think the mask kind of replaced goggles, like as as some sort of face Protective, guard. Yeah. yeah, you don't see you don't see the straight up goggles anymore. I want to get goggles because I play basketball still, right? Not well, but like I think my game translates better to a guy in goggles. Yeah, you sort of have you sort of uh, infer some qualities from the goggles wearer on the yeah, court. Yeah, this guy's kind of a maniac, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the knee pads and the goggles are a one-two punch. He's too afraid to wear glasses. Right. He doesn't like contacts. He's wearing goggles and he shoots like me. And, <laughs> uh, all right, back to the back yes. to the game. Who else we got? Oh boy! I'll give you another hint. The leading scorer in Lakers '90s uh, history. This guy scored more points than any other Lakers in the '90s because he played for the Lakers from like '91 to '99. Power forward out of Clemson, kind of resembled a dinosaur. We're talking about oh, Eldon Campbell. <laughs> Eldon. Campbell scored uh, it, more points than the uh, than any other Laker in the '90s. It was the physical trait that tipped me off. I didn't realize he was on the roster for that long. He was. I know yeah. he was there for a while because I remember when he was. I remember the trade, and I remember that 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 brought Glenn Rice. It was when he finally left the roster. But he was he was I guess he was there for a full decade. Yeah, he was sticking around for a while. Uh, there was the center that we traded for Kobe, still on the team at that point. Right. Yeah, Vladi was there. Oh, Vladi's still there. Yep, Vladi's still there. And then one of my favorite Lakers of all time, uh, lefty three-point specialist, bald as the day is long, uh, Anthony Peeler. Oh, yeah. Who was awesome. Like, Anthony Peeler and Nick Van Exel were on the team. They were rookies at the time. Uh, Lefty backcourt. And even with all those players, 5-11, and Magic Johnson. It was, uh, you know, I mean, they didn't have like a, 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 part of it came down to like, it's, it's, it's so much a league of your stars, your best players. And if it was a team that was kind of built around Threet, it was just like, he wasn't quite, <laughs> you know, nothing against Threet, but it, it, he wasn't quite a, a, an elite NBA player at any point in his career. Great name, Sedale Threet. Fantastic name. I mean, how about Nick Van Exel? I, I just love, I love, I love that name. Remember George Lynch? He was also on the team. Yes. George Lynch was great. Uh, Sam Bowie. Oh made, right, made Sam a Bowie. brief appearance. Uh, Trevor Wilson, some white dude at UCLA. Uh, it was a real poo-poo platter. So I don't yeah. blame Magic for the five and eleven. Uh, all right, take me through why you're a Laker fan. W- where did you grow up? What's your earliest Laker memory? Right. So I'm just I'm from Lakewood, California, which Lakewood. is adjacent to Long Beach, California. Just geographically, that's I went to middle school and high school in Long Beach, so I have some connection to the Long Beach area as well. Um, and uh, it's you know very suburban. The I just remember the Lakers just always being the cool team. Yeah, because I was born in 1980, and you know the so the Showtime era was basically when I became aware enough to understand what a television was and what was on it. The Lakers were on TV and yeah. they were winning titles. And Do you remember your first Laker memory specifically? I honestly, what I think of when I think of the Lakers as a kid is I had a button for the uh, the 86 87 title. Wow, that was on. 
It was like, you know, it was like a like a button you could wear, but I just had it like on a cork board in my room. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even remember how it got there, but it I just, just remember Lakers. that I liked it. 86, yeah. 87. Yeah, it was just like a, a like a championship, uh, a little championship celebration thing. Yeah, that's like one of those rare, like before the repeat, like when right. they just sell it. You never hear about just the 86, 87 Lakers. Right. It's usually like back-to-back champs or like 86 through 88. Right. It's like a great war button where it's like before World War II, they had to call it something else. <laughs> Uh, so what is if that's your earliest maker, Laker memory, do you remember what your status was? Does, did the Lakers ever make you cry? Oh, boy. I never cried. No. I, I The closest I came to crying from sports was L.A. Rams related. And that's when they got just destroyed by the Joe Montana 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Oh, wow. You like, were a Rams fan. I was a Rams fan as well. Yeah, the, the, those are my teams. I was a Lakers fan and I was a Rams fan. Who were Rams fans back then? Because I grew up and everyone seemed to be Lakers Raiders. There a lot of Raiders fans, not a lot of Rams fans. Yeah, um, who were the Rams fans? I, you know, I don't know. I, I honestly don't. Like, it's not like they had a click of Rams fans. Is it fans. an Anaheim-ish thing? A Long Beach-ish that thing? That could Orange be Orange County maybe belonged to the Rams? That could be, because there was a time where they, they were never the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim, but they there was a time when they were playing down there. Yeah. I think the one time I went to a Rams game as a kid, it was at, it was at the Anaheim Stadium. Yeah, they had like a year in Anaheim. Right, yeah. So so it could be part, it could be like, you know, that that's, that's the, even before they moved, uh, even before they were decidedly... Orange County, there was kind of like a an OC LA County split for the Angels, so a similar thing might have happened to uh, the Rams. Even just to clarify, Lakewood Long Beach is in LA County. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Not, no, I'm no OC we're not, guy. <laughs> we're not calling you anything, right? Lakewood sounds familiar. Have, have there been NBA players from Lakewood? Am I thinking uh, of like? I, so the so Kevin Love I believe was born there. Okay. Um, as far as there's a there's been a lot of there's been a, a decent number of pro athletes, but I'm having trouble thinking specifically of an NBA player who's like from Lakewood. And it's funny because the name seems like it would be a Laker town, right? Just because of the lake in it. Yeah. Like yeah. Lakerwood. Right. Maybe when they were doing really really well. The, uh, Lakewood, the town, is as much to do with lakes as Lakers, the franchise. <laughs> it's it's just a it's a very arid lake free community. Yeah. It's just I think. They just it, like it was a planned pro, planned post World War II uh, community originally called Tomorrow City Today, and it was basically just like it's all it's the progenitor of all the tract homes you see all over the country. Got it. Any town USA, but exactly. in Southern California, exactly. And I think they intentionally picked a very generic name. Yeah. Um. To, but uh. But yeah. The uh, where were we? we the, there was oh, saddest Laker memory. Saddest Laker memory. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Like. Uh, like. Honestly, it was probably. Just it was probably later in life. Yeah, it was yeah. probably it, it was probably more when I was because also too as a kid and I, w- I wasn't like obsessing over every single game. It yeah. wasn't like a wasn't like I was tracking every single regular season win and loss to the degree that I am like maybe today. That's true. Uh, so I, I think that the uh, I, I think the the heartbreak wasn't quite as tangible. I will say this: this is a thing I remember being deeply frustrating as a kid growing up in Lakewood, uh, Riley Elementary School. The finals where the the Magic Johnson Lakers, the Showtime Lakers, on the the tail end make it to the finals against uh, the Michael Jordan Bulls. Ninety ninety one. Ninety ninety one. Their first. It would end up being MJ's first championship. Yep. Um, and uh, that was when. All of the kids at my school, except for me, uh, Luke, 
Marlon Luke Walton, Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I went with a lot of celebs at my school, um, and Mr. Kepke, our teacher. Those were the four I remember that were Lakers fans, and every other kid in my fifth grade class was a Michael Jordan fan. Wow, and even, so even before his first championship, even in LA, even in LA, because Michael Jordan was cool and slam dunked, and the Lakers were lame. They were your parents' team. Even and so, even in Pat Riley in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, even in Pat Riley, <laughs> even the the fighting Riles. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy, but yeah. So, uh, and I remember like I remember being made fun of for being upset that the Lakers won. And everyone was like Jordan, Jordan. And I was yeah. like so mad about it. Yeah, like fuck you guys. Look where you live. And they're all fucking Lakers fans now. Like once Sha- once Kobe and Shaq <laughs> came to town, they, yeah. they, all those guys were like, oh, Laker fan for life. And that's yeah. what the, and there's like, no, you fucking weren't. <laughs> There was like a big chunk where you were like you were you were a Jordan fan from ninety to ninety six or to ninety eight, and then you jumped on Shaq and Kobe. Those guys are Warriors. Now fans they're Warriors now. fans. You're right. That's what. Yeah, then they're <laughs> Warriors fans now. Or they're like, oh, I'm a LeBron fan. I just I like where LeBron plays. I never understood the shifting of the alliances. Really a lot of weird. a lot of my friends were like, yeah, I grew up as a Bulls fan. I grew up as a Knicks fan, and now I'm a this fan. It's like I, I don't get it either. I can't I can't convince my brain not to root for this team. I, I get the only there there are two the one instance I get it is if an expansion team happens yep. like I like I get like oh, okay now I used to be whatever I used to I, there was there weren't the Oklahoma City Thunder until they were that's right they were stolen from this the, the <laughs> from Seattle. Seattle and you know maybe I used to be a Mavericks fan but now I'm going to root for the Thunder because I live in Oklahoma that like works. I, I get that yeah uh, but or if your owner is just such a sack of shit like, like a Knicks fan exactly like a I'm Knicks not, fan I, yeah I don't care if you're a Knicks fan you could become a Nets fan. Switch it up. Yeah. You get a pass with Dolan. <laughs> you get a pass with Dan Gilbert. Yeah. Some of these just legendary sacks of shit. You yeah. can you can bail because you just don't want to deal with their bullshit anymore. Like I understand. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but we were stuck as Laker fans through thick and thin. Fortunately, more thick than thin. Do you remember yes. your happiest? Which point are you yelling, jumping up and down, fist bumping? Your j- most joyful Laker memory? Probably point four. Yeah, because was... it's, it was just such a wild thing, and I was watching with my roommates, and I remember I was uh, one of my. So I had I had two roommates, uh, both named John, and one of them was just a completely jacked like bodybuilder. Okay, and the other was. Uh, a, a slight man, oh. a, a small slight man. Thin John and Jack John. Yeah, Thin John and Jack John. Uh, we actually called we called Jack John Little Big John because he was like short of stature, but just absolutely ja- yoked. Yeah, he's just, yeah, just so yeah. so. And so, um, and so Jack John, like 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 the the shot happens, and Jack John, uh, a, a, who's a big Lakers fan, and then the other uh, Little John, who is just observing, like, but he's like into the game because yeah. it's exciting. Um, we all stand up, yeah. and then Jack John goes to Little John, uh, to Slight John, and just pushes him with his full force, with all his bodybuilder strength. Just Adrenaline like Jack, just plus muscles. Throws him like a fucking, uh, a, a fucking kettlebell across the room. <laughs> And he just like, and he just like, I remember just seeing him fly like he was attached to matrix wires and slam into the wall and they go down like, oh. Like a practical stunt. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. In a root beer commercial. Yeah, Yeah, then we all had barks in our hands. (laughs) It was awesome. It was weird. Electric guitar. Yeah. Uh, Not all, so these are the two things I remember from that point four. One, I remember yelling so loudly that I woke up my roommate who was uh, uh, very sick at the time. She's like, what are you yelling about? Because I think it was like an afternoon game because it was a a playoff game. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, the fucking Lakers pulled it off, point four. Like, she has no idea what point four means, right. what the hell. And then the shot before that shot might have been greater than the shot. Yes. The Tim Duncan fading into the ground 20-footer 
draining it over Shaq to put them up one. Yeah, absolutely unreal. Which and, and that brought it down to point four. Right. Was one of the greatest shots uh I've ever seen. And then the point four happens, which we didn't even know was physically possible because right. like at point four it's it's just an exaggerated tip shot at that point. You couldn't even fully catch and shoot. Yeah. You almost like, have to redirect and throw up. Right. Point three is the threshold where you can only tip. Yes. And I, I believe, like in the NBA rule book. Right. But point three, can you tip or point? can you still catch and shoot? At point three, you have to tip. You have to tip, yeah. So this is the, the theoretical minimal yes. amount of time for you to thrust your hands and shoot the shot. Yeah, the smallest amount of time physically possible. And then remember the straight sprint out of the arena as right. if the rule was if I'm still on the court when they reverse it, it counts so it's like we got to get to the locker room as quickly as possible that should be a rule yeah <laughs> <laughs> they just can't the, the, the replay officials have to get it sorted before everyone flees the court a shot i don't think we've seen since i don't remember another point for buzzer beater let alone in a playoff game certainly nothing is consequential and then we didn't even win the championship that year it was no. not that was the year we lost to the pistons yes which might have been like one of the lows that we felt as a laker fan. well that was a that was here's the thing about that is in hindsight, it you understood it. Like in hindsight, you're like, oh, okay, it's it, it just the pissed like the, those that Laker team was kind of fundamentally not just not it was a little flawed. Yeah, and uh, uh, Malone was hurt, and then also it's just like those Pistons were really really good, especially defensively. Yeah, defensively they were just such a such a titan. And and I remember you know when I've heard t- uh, Pistons players <clears throat> reflecting on that series, I think I think I heard uh, uh, Chauncey talking about recently. He was just like. Uh, he's just like, oh, we knew we had him. Like, yeah. like at game two, we like we knew we had him. Yeah, even though, even though Kobe hit like a game winner. Yeah, exactly. They, and he he, re- I heard that interview too that he regrets not sweeping. Right, right. <laughs> Which is such a cool thing. Like, I'm so I'm still pissed at myself that we won four one. Yeah. Uh, and now up to today, you got one of the cool bucket. Um, bucket list items in your possession. You're a Lakers season ticket holder. Boy, this was a journey. I so Which I was got such on a cool thing yeah. as a kid. Like I, I had friends whose like parents had partial tickets, and you like have the binder, and like they come deliver, and you have like 800. La- it seemed like a, a binder filled with Laker tickets was the most exciting thing in the world. They make you feel. Uh, very coddled as a season ticket holder as they should as they should partially because it's <laughs> i can't afford it it's too much money it is too much money i'm splitting it with a friend i i'm i'm the guy who holds the the season tickets but we we so my friend david phillips uh, tell me tell me everything how, the middle. how do i become a laker ticket holder you gotta you sign up one? you gotta sign up and you gotta put it put down a deposit and you just gotta wait a long ass time so I was when did the, you sign up when did you put a deposit i was on uh it's a hundred dollars ahead so i put down a deposit for two tickets i think in 2009 or two. 2010. So this and is during the Lakers' second heyday. Yeah, this was a this was a while. This Kobe's was, second. This heyday, was yeah. This say. was a while ago. This was yeah. Maybe it might have been the season after uh, the second POW title. I think that might have been the season I did it. I finally did it. Yeah, and then um, so you you hear that you can do it. You just need to put a hundred dollar deposit, and they might not get to you for another couple years. And I'd hemmed and hawed up to that point because I was just partly I was just like I don't I don't have a hundred dollars to just give you <laughs> indefinitely. That was part of it. Little uh, on the thousands of dollars that forty tickets. Exactly, cost. and then and I also I extrapolated from there. I was like, oh well, even if I even even if I do get on it, I'm not going to be able to afford season tickets. And uh, my my then girlfriend now wife. Uh, 
pointed out, she was just like, just get on the list, and then by the if by the time you get it, you probably you might be able to afford it, and if not, no harm, no foul. And oh, I was you like, can say no when they get to your yeah, game. exactly. You're not obligated to do oh, it. It's just saving your pay, your place in line. Oh, great. So I just said fuck it, and I did it, and then I kind of forgot about it, and yeah. then like six to six years pass, seven <laughs> years pass, seven years, and I get a letter, and and like you can you're eligible for it, and I was like fuck, I guess I'm doing it, and then it's a whole it, it's it's like crazy when you actually get to pick your seats because you actually go into Staples Center. And you go into the arena. You go into the arena. That's amazing. It's closed off. Um, they have uh, they have f- uh, free food and- It's and, like an open house. Yeah, free food and beverages. <laughs> um, and uh, and the sales rep will take you to your seats and you can like sit in them and see what the court would look like from that position. This is awesome. But by the time I got there, because I was so far down in the list and because, you know, I, I guess I'd drawn poorly in the lottery, I was like, I had one of the last slots of the night. And so most of the seats were single seats. Oh no! And so single Lakers season. Single Lake, yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'm even that big, of, big enough of a fan. That's what I. That's the point where I was like, ah, oh, fuck. And so, and so, what happened is that <laughs> I gotta there go were, by myself. Yeah, there were two <laughs> seats where uh, there was a single seat with two together, uh, and then another seat on flanking it. So it was oh. it was two seats that were uh, two seats apart. So you can shuffle when yeah. on, the, on the day. Yeah, and say. I was and I was just like uh, and and our our rep was just shout out to Cassie Bradley said um uh, you know if you guys get these two I could maybe convince the people in the middle to shift over to the middle so they'll it's have Jack Nicholson yeah the, yeah. yeah it was Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Dan Cannon yeah 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 um and. Uh, and uh, it, it it worked out. So that, we have two together. Two it, tickets to 41 games. To 41 games. And we take about, you know, 20 apiece. And then, okay, so you get all the tickets in a book? Yeah, you get a book. I mean, you know... It's all on the app these days. <laughs> oh, it's all digital. Yeah, but, but you actually do get physical tickets, and I like using the physical tickets. Yeah, it's it a feel, cool. Yeah, it's a thick. It's a nice stock. They, it's they, nice. They take pride in the design of those. It's now. tangible, and hey, you don't have to worry about your physical ticket not having Wi-Fi. <laughs> so you have these tickets, and how do you decide between you and your friend who gets which games? Do you sell some? Do you do you keep like what's your strategy? Oh man, we're real assholes about it. We go out to dinner. We, oh, go, we like cool. go out to dinner at a Hillstone, a night a, a nice restaurant chain, and then nice. we sit down with our book of tickets, and then we we suss out which games we want. And uh, but my buddy David Phillips DP is is like such a. He's like me. He's pretty laid back and chill, and we just both want to like accommodate each other. So it's it's pretty low drama. Okay. Um, and then a few games like the season opener with the Rockets, we just go together because we got two tickets. So That's great. We split up. We split them. We get one apiece. You ever sell? Um, rarely. I actually sold a preseason game this season. Just it was a preseason against the Kings. Yeah. Just because I could like I could like make a profit on a preseason game. Oh yeah, I and paid I just, eighty bucks eighty bucks for like fifteen dollar tickets for a preseason game. Yeah, I was just like, well, why not? I, well, I'm gonna I get to see like twenty games this season. I'll get rid of a preseason tickets and make a small amount of money. Does face value for the tickets fluctuate based on the game? It does, and that's the thing I was very surprised by. I thought it was like a flat amount for yeah. all of them, but like they really, it really fluctuates. Um, like the Mavericks game, which I'm going to tomorrow, is. Close to half price versus a like a, you know like a Warriors game or a Rockets game. Wow, do and, you feel comfortable saying what the ticket value is? Um, they're I mean they're expensive. They're my my tickets are are over a hundred dollars a, a seat. And so then do you like, ever go on StubHub and you're like shit? I can get six hundred for this. I've ne- well, so we've never gotten <clears throat> I've never gotten something a price that inflated for the the closest that it, it was one where it was like oh man maybe I can make five hundred dollars off of this was the. Uh, the Kobe jersey retirement game. Oh my god! It was Did against you go to the Warriors. Game? Went to that game. Yeah, <laughs> it was bananas. Um, and uh, you know, if I didn't have season tickets, I never would have gone. And basically, the way I rationalized it was like, you know what? I would not. I'm not going to make 
four times the amount of money right. I'm going to make. I could make like a, a a bit of a profit. So, but now I bet for the Lakers opening night, it what it would be. 5x, 6x. Well, that's the thing. It was such thing. a big, hotly contested game. It was tempting to try to sell that that Rockets, that LeBron debut. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad I didn't because got to see LeBron's first game and yeah. got to see a fist fight. <laughs> which right. was, I, I went to that game too. Yeah. I was the one like uh, vulturing on SeatGeek waiting until the prices get low enough right. for me to afford it. Uh, and it was a great game too. And like, if you keep selling these games, you're like, wait a minute, what am I even doing this for? Like now I'm, I'm down to like a Lakers... Mavericks game or a Lakers Magic game, but like I, I can't just sell all the good games. Otherwise, exactly. I shouldn't even have these season tickets. Right, that's part of why you're getting it is for the fun of actually attending. Uh, this actually leads greatly into my first advertiser, which is SeatGeek. Do mm. you know about SeatGeek? I do know about SeatGeek. Getting tickets online, Nick, could be far too complicated. You don't have to worry about this as a season ticket holder. Right. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, you don't really know who to trust. SeatGeek makes it so easy. You can search multiple ticket sites and they grade it. Uh, based on value. I actually bought my Lakers opening night tickets on SeatGeek, and I did so using my own promo code, Buckets. So if you download the app, the SeatGeek app, you can get uh, a ticket and use promo code Buckets for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So every purchase is fully guaranteed. You don't have to worry about getting to the arena, them scanning, and they're like, sorry, these are fake. Hit the the road. Uh, And you can immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. So you download the SeatGeek app, you use promo code buckets, you get $20 off. And uh, if you buy Laker tickets, I'll go to the game with you. How's that for an offer? Oh man, that sounds great. Should I do that? Is that does that make sense for me? Would I want to go to a Laker game with a stranger? Oh, you meant you. I, I did said, you said that. I, I meant I would go. Uh, you said that. You said you, and then looked at me. Oh, and I thought you, you meant me, and I was like, "Oh, this I, I will definitely out great go with you." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying open uh, open invitation. Anybody uses that promo code yeah. to buy Laker tickets, I would go with them. Uh, it could be a fun experience. Yeah, it's a. Fr- I'll, I'll at the very least try it once. Right. There, there, there are no podcast fans who are psychopaths. <laughs> They're all well-adjusted, <laughs> normal people who are downloading radio on demand. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why don't we fast forward until today? Because yes. there's a lot to talk about. I don't know if you heard, we got LeBron James. That might have been one of the most exciting a, moments as a Laker wait fan. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm <laughs> behind on my push notifications. <laughs> Scrolling through 4,100 Woj tweets. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Uh, that might have been one of the most exciting moments as a Laker fan in the last 10 years. Because it's unlike winning a championship, which right. is the, a singular joy that sort of is built up. The LeBron sweepstakes was... Zero to a hundred, and it affects several seasons and the entire franchise's short-term future. Well, especially after some some free agency whiffs in recent years. Oh yeah, you know? more and, than whiffs. And it was yeah, ex- some some gig- I mean, the Jim Buss <laughs> era was just like yeah, Mozgov, Luol Deng. You and know, that was within ten saviors. minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah, was, was... I mean, like twelve oh one. I just saw like that's what the on, when free agency opens. So the, those are like the first two signings. Yeah, before we want to beat every other team to any other free agent. Yeah, we got to get Deng. Um, uh, it, look, these guys were productive players at the time of the signings. They were just overpaid, but uh, the it, it was. Yeah, it, it was just so so crazy because you'd heard it rumored for so long, and I'm just like, I kind of didn't believe it, even though it made sense. Even as a Laker fan, even you're, as a Laker you're, fan, you're groomed to think every superstar wants to play for my team, right? And also, too, if you look at the big Lakers, because everyone's just like, oh, the Lakers got a big free agent, surprise, surprise. If you look at the big Lakers, uh, the best Lakers teams, most of those were drafted or traded for. The most of the, the elite players were drafted or traded for. Yeah, like, Shaq like the, was maybe Shaq the was last the. Ex- Exception, yeah. 
Um, uh, uh, Kobe traded for slash drafted. Powell traded for, obviously. Go back to the Showtime era. You know, Magic uh, drafted. Uh, drafted, Worthy drafted as part of a trade, I believe. Uh, Kareem is part of a trade. So it, it's like a lot of the key ple- key pieces of their best teams uh, were constructed the way when everyone's just like, like built, not bought. Like, well, that's what that's been the Lakers model in general. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a good argument I haven't heard before. Right, but um, but LeBron, it's just it's just so crazy. I mean, how did you feel? Like, it, it is, I just was like, I was elated. shocked. I was a little boy. I was yeah. like goosebumps, jumping up and down, fist pumping, screaming. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We got LeBron. <laughs> like, I did something. Yeah. And now that it happened, it just felt so inevitable. Like, of course, what were we thinking? Like, right. how, how is this ever not going to happen? You see, like, LeBron selling out these arenas, selling out his jersey, do, producing all these shows. Like, no, he was not staying in Cleveland. Right. Like, that's the, I, the thought of him staying now seems laughably absurd. Yeah. Uh, but now he's here, seven games deep. What do you think so far of the LeBron experiment? Um, not Sorry, not experiment, but LeBron show so far. Are they doing... Uh, better than what you thought, worse than what you thought about par, on par? Uh, I thought they might start a little slow. You know, two and five, if you look at it, it's just like, a, like it seems bad, but also like, you know, they peel off a, a four or five game winning streak and all of a sudden it's, everything's hunky-dory. So yeah. it, it, um, it I, I expected them to lose some games early on. Also, I think their strength of schedule has been pretty on the high side. Like they, they've, get, they've played some pretty good teams. You know, Houston obviously is a little flawed. Uh, I believe we're still Houston's only win. Yeah, and then, and... Um, but the Spurs are good, Spurs you know. Are solid. Uh, the T Wolves. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Lakers should have won that game, but it, yeah. it, they're they're not a bad team. They've got good players. The one bad team we played, we destroyed. Right, which was exciting to see. That was like, ooh, I, I can I can feel glimpses of what LeBron Showtime with the kids feels like, and it's yeah. really exciting. And we're running on clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I just like it, it. I just feel like such a regardless of the game outcomes. I obviously want the Lakers to win every game. It's just like amazing to see LeBron. It's just like this is so cool that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see LeBron in a Laker uniform, and he's just so good at basketball. Just like it's just so aesthetically pleasing to watch LeBron play basketball. Agreed. Have you have you noticed anything about LeBron now that he's on your team? That like, or have you do you appreciate him any differently than he was like on the Cavs? Because we've always viewed him as like tr- like a would be warrior. Killer. Right. We've seen most of his playoff games and his uh, finals games, but we haven't. I haven't seen a lot of like regular season LeBron. Yeah, I I just immediately am taking his side in everything. Like where he's just not, like he's not made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. he's he's not getting any calls. No. He's wanting to rep. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah, he's right. You yeah. know, it's like any uh, all the superstar, uh, uh, you know, benefit of the doubt that he gets, of, he's gotten from Miami fans and and Cleveland fans immediately. That's like how I'm feeling. That's right. Yeah, I've noticed how. I mean, I guess it's not you know breaking news, but he's so. Uh, fast for how big and strong oh, he is. Oh man, it's a, it's unreal. It's like Carl Malone and fast forward. He's he's as thick and he's as big as Carl Malone, but he like drives and he gets right. to the basket like yeah. he's a two hundred and ten pounder. Before I was a season ticket holder, when I just bought games off a of, uh, uh, off a of service, and I was I went to see the Lakers play the Heat on Christmas on Christmas. Yeah, and I just remember just LeBron, how fast that LeBron was, even the, compared to Eagles other professional era. athletes. The speed is unreal. It's like <laughs> it's crazy to see. Yeah, and the strength. Right, like when he's in the post, like you can't stop him one on one. He's like guarding you know three hundred pounders, and he's also guarding point guards because yeah. he's fast enough to guard the speedy guys and strong and big enough to guard like a Jokic type. Definitely seeing his IRL. Uh, 
you know, full court sprint dunks oh are just God. like, that's just like an amazing thing to say. And it's so excited to root for him and the Lakers at the same time. Right, right. Not just be mar- like, not just marvel at the spectacle, but also have an interest <laughs> in him succeeding. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. I remember emailing you uh, to schedule you on buckets and... Uh, we set this date like a few weeks ago, and you said, I can't wait to overreact. Oh, yeah. Wildly overreact right. to the first seven games. Yeah, fire Luke Walton. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I, uh, I wrote some overreactions down. Yeah. I want to go through them. Oh, great. And then we can, we can say, yeah, I'm into that overreaction, or no, this is an overreaction. Oh, this is great. Okay. Lakers suck. They're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, I think... Wait, what, what, are, what are my options? Uh... Yeah, that's correct. I that's not an overreaction. Mm. Or no, you're just overreacting. No, you're just overreacting, <laughs> okay. man. We're just seven games in. They're gonna it's be too early. See how they are after twenty games. This is ten percent of the season. Exactly. Even they like, can make up that ground. Yeah, you want to be around, hovering around five hundred, around right. the halfway point of the season. Yeah, and there's some there's some real you know there's some shitty teams in the West. I mean, it, it's it's a still a stacked conference, but I feel like it seems a little bit more. Uh, I'm bringing up the the conference standings right now on my phone, but I feel like it's like a little bit less uh, just like ironclad locked in these seven to eight seeds that it, that it's been in the past. So you're still optimistic based on the outcome. I'm still optimistic. Yeah, I think I think some of these these teams are. I, I, I think there's enough pay, playoff slots to go around. I am too, and I'll tell you why because. Two and five is probably what we were last year, the year before with D'Angelo Russell. Like two and five right. seems like a familiar record. And we made the playoffs with D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> I think we were a three seed yeah. that year. <laughs> uh, but these aren't games that we're getting blown out. These aren't games that we're looking yes. lost. There's always Great signs point. of life. There's always a close game. Right. What we haven't done yet because of you know age, immaturity, chemistry issues is figure out how to close games. When the game gets tight and it's a half-court offense and it's LeBron versus everybody and we need to execute on the defensive end, we're coming up short against a player like Jimmy Butler and against mm-hmm. a team like the Spurs. Which makes sense because at the end of the day, like LeBron plus our youngsters is a bunch of twenty and twenty-one year olds. Yeah, like, for sure. You need to—that's a acquired skill—is learning how to win. It needs some, t- yeah, the, and the, just the cohesion of everyone playing together, and and you know, the, just the fact that the the rotations keep getting mixed up, you know, and the, yes, and the the, the the starting lineup. So we'll see. Okay, so overreaction number two. Okay, Luke should be fired. Um, yes, just because it would be. Like I just like the the social media reaction for forty eight <laughs> hours of Luke Walton being fired would be a, a joy. So like, I, and I don't I don't mean to make, say like I want this guy Luke to be fired. I like Luke Walton. I think he probably should should remain a coach. But if that happened, I think it would be maybe interesting for the NBA, and I'd like to see all the names. <laughs> Got it. So yeah. like, just like an interesting trade. Yeah, that may or may not be good for your team. You're like, let's just at least switch it up and see. what Let's happens. see what happens. Like, I don't think I don't think uh, Tyron Lue should have been fired. But I like uh, uh, like you're great. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I think the R.I.P. Yeah, but I think the uh, the um, uh, uh, I like him being fired was fascinating and like created like this fascinating Ripple. discussion around the Cavs, this team that otherwise was just like this moribund uh, toilet. So Luke, do you think there's a chance Luke does get fired? Is there a record out there? Do you think where the Lakers have to pull the trigger? I think it like, honestly, I think it would have to be their like six and uh, six and 14 or something, you know, so and it could be close. It could be. Cl- I mean, I think they, I think, I think 20 to 30 games in is the range at which the, at which it becomes possible. And I think it has to come from some public frustration from the players, 
uh, and uh, maybe Le- I think obviously LeBron being yeah. discon- dis- LeBron discontent. I mean, LeBron <laughs> got a thirty and ten coach fired. Right, so, like, exactly. Record almost doesn't matter. It's yeah. always like you. I hope you appease the king. For the record, I love Luke. I think I don't think he's getting fired this year. I think any. I think this season is sort of a a prequel, a chapter one to LeBron's four next years. Uh, It's about getting the youngsters up to speed. And then next offseason is if we fire a coach, it's going to be next offseason with a free agent acquisition. You have to think, yeah, I I think think that's probably a safe bet. Uh, Lonzo is a bust. Oh, that's a fuck that. No, that's I, that's I don't a wild overreaction. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't agree with that re, uh, like overreaction at all. Are you high on Lonzo? I like Lonzo. Yeah, I think I think uh, I'm bullish on Lonzo partly cuz I think he's a very good defender for a guard, especially young guard, and I think also uh, you know like like he just his hands are on the ball all the time defensively. Like he gets a lot of blocks for a guard, he gets a lot of steals uh and um and uh, I th- I mean, like, I think you look at his reworked jumper, it's better. Is it good? No, but he worked <laughs> on it, and he, he changed up his form. It's it's clearly improved. Yeah. Uh, he's I, I, making shots. He's making progress. That strikes, I think he's, he's going to fit in well, uh, and I think he's going to continue to be better, and I think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be Michael Carter-Williams. I think he's, no, I think yeah. he might not be Jason Kidd, but I think he's going to be closer to that than he is to be a bust. Yeah, and Steve Nash, I listened to him on a uh, podcast, and he like brought up like an interesting thing. He's like, at 21, I was a junior at Santa Clara. Right. Like, I didn't belong in the NBA at all. So like the fact that Lonzo is showing flashes of brilliance is like, okay, so I turned into a two-time MVP. So like, are you saying Lonzo can't because he's in the NBA and like has some games where he's struggling? He's like, let's not judge these kids right. until they're 25, 26, 27. Wow. So Lonzo's showing like there are games where Lonzo's like you know 12, 6, 5, and with five steals. Like, if you can replicate that, and if his shot is falling, for whatever reason, I think his shot is, it always looks good to me. Even his air balls seem straight. Yeah. He never, like, bricks it, like, off to the left or right. It seems to be, like, a calibration with strength more than accuracy. I saw, first of all, that's that's very reassuring here, that from Laker great Steve Nash. Um, But uh, (laughs) I saw a a tweet, and I was like, oh, I should, I want to read this article, but then I didn't click on it and read what the answer was. But it was just about, uh, it was like someone who had analyzed Lonzo's rework jumper and said why he's having more air balls, even though the shot is very, the same thing you're saying now. And I was like, like, oh, that's interesting. But then I didn't see what. the answer was. I have a feeling he's the best three-point shooter in the NBA that's also airballed this much. <laughs> like, he, he he will go three of six with three airballs. Right. Like, if I guess if you're going to miss three, sh- like, shoot 50%, you can airball the other three. It really yeah. doesn't matter how bad you miss as long as you're shooting, like, over 40% from three. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna swish, you know, four out of ten, and the rest are going to look like a, a kid <laughs> doing a contest at uh, the break Half-time between the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the swishes look really nice, though. They do. And, like, he... Uh, God bless him. Like, for whatever reason, he tunes out the haters so much because, like, he'll, like, airball his first shot and the crowd is just, like, on him. And he's like, no, next shot, step back. End of the game over Jokic, step back three. Like, he still has the confidence of a great three-point shooter, which you need to have. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, it, it seems like if the, if any player could be broken mentally, it would be, you know, I, I just thought of, like, I remember, do you remember Alonzo got his hair cut in the middle of last season? <laughs> yeah. And just, like, everyone was talking about his haircut. That's he, right. He got a closer crop. I was just like, if I was 20 years old and everyone was talking about my haircut, 
I would just I would put a gun in my mouth. I'm just like I can't believe I can't get a fucking haircut. I think he is being a major media sensation. I tweeted about this once, like how Lonzo has the disposition of someone who was raised by Lavar. Like, he doesn't care what <laughs> right, people right. think because somebody's been screaming obscenities at him for the yeah. last twenty years. Yeah, I've been getting roasted since <laughs> I could understand English words. Uh, all right, next overreaction: Lakers need to trade for a shooter. Hmm. I kind of, I'm bullish on this overreaction. I yeah. think this is, I could see, because, uh, because you know, who is the Lakers' best shooter right now? Is it Josh Hart? I From mean. Three, maybe. Yeah, I, I, it's it's just like they don't have a lot of, even Kuzma, who's a good shooter, is not consistent. No, nothing as close as a, like, Brad Beal. Right, yeah, you, you would think you would, like, if you could make that happen, if you could make a move to get someone who is just going to knock down outside shots, just a real catch-and-shoot guy, you would think that would benefit this roster. So, yeah, I'm into that. I'm going to throw out some potential trades for you. Okay. Just because I'm a nice guy, and I'm going to let you, the new GM of the Lakers, figure out whether we should do this or not. Oh, boy. Ingram and Rondo, both suspended recently. Lakers looked pretty well without them. Yeah. Got me thinking, why don't we just package these two players that are currently not playing against the Nuggets, and we looked great against the Nuggets, uh, and we get somebody like Bradley Beal. Would you trade Ingram and Rondo for Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal has two years left after this uh, year at $28 per. I don't think I make that trade, even though I like Beal a lot, because Beal's had some injury issues, and I just I'm, I still think Ingram is uh, his shot isn't working yet, but I think he's like he's he's just so he's just such a fascinating player. I want to see what he becomes. There's nothing like Ingram, yeah, because he's so talented and everyone's so bullish on him. But he often looks like a a lost praying mantis out there, right? Just slow moving limbs, very like wild, erratic, spastic, elastic motion, right? And when it goes in, you're like, wow, this guy's like a fucking maestro with the ball. It's, and yeah. when he gets like knocked down on the floor, it's like, of course, he weighs 190 pounds and he's six foot eleven. He's yeah. learning how to walk. He's the spin. He's the spindly, rangy guy. But he's just like when he does, you know, we does have a great drive to the basket, or when he does make a, a like, you know, a, a, a crazy defensive play, you're like, oh man, I, if this, you know, it, of course, consistency is the mark of greatness, or whatever the cliche is. But like, yeah. if he ever gets that level of consistency, he's just going to be like this amazing elite player. He had a first game back that was great. Like, right. shot fifty percent from the field, twenty three points. He looked great. But yes, it is just, can you do it if somebody is trying to stop you? Can right. you do it if you're the focal point? Fortunately, he plays with LeBron James. Everything should be easier. All right, here's another potential trade: Kuz, KCP, and Lance. So two expirings with a youngster Kuzma right. for CJ, CJ McCollum. Who's got a, much like Bradley Beal two years after this one at twenty eight million? Per. CJ is so good. I really like him. CJ um, is a bucket bucket. Yeah, he is. He one hundred percent is a bucket <laughs> bucket. I, I was at I was at actually the Blazers game last season when uh, Dame wasn't playing and CJ just torched the Lakers. I think he went off for like forty something points. He that was, was a just real like, frustrating game. Yeah, I, I always I really want to beat the Blazers. Right, that was such a great opportunity at home. Yeah, without you, and the, I don't think either team played very well. No, yeah, you you think you think that's an opportunity to win, but CJ was just like, oh, he was just the best player on the court. He's also um, kind of like Ingram, like a little slow motion, but like right. he gets to his spots and he makes it so frequently. He's a great shooter. Um, I think. But would you give up Kuz hmm. and KCP and Lance for him? Well, I mean, KCP and Lance are that's like Lance has been good for the Lakers this season, but KCP is just like that. That was just like a a 
little bonus to clutch, you know, to to because he's a client to to have to bring LeBron <laughs> he was there. Trending towards completely unplayable. Yeah, like, he's he went from starter to reserves like six minutes a game very right. quickly. Yeah, like, he might as seven games. Might as well go back in the clink in Orange County or wherever he was. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the uh, ah boy. I think I think yeah I think you have to do that yeah I think I think CJ I think just like Kuzma has potential but CJ McCollum is just like an N, he's like a good NBA player and that potential all star yeah I think you have to make that move just give us one amazing shooter right I, I, God I'm so excited to see like LeBron teamed up like I'm I'm already excited with LeBron and the youngsters but like it's just the thought of like Clay with LeBron is like yeah. holy shit or like Anthony Davis just like one more superstar it'd be insane uh, plus CJ McCollum just like a like a law and order detective name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you want great. you want a CJ on your team. You absolutely do. One that McCall's him like he sees him. One last trade. <laughs> One last trade. Uh, this one's a little lighter. Okay. We're giving up Josh Hart, which is sad to see him go. Oh, and we're getting Ky- we're getting Kyle Korver back. One year left, seven and a half million. No, I don't do that. Because the Lakers aren't gonna win a title this year. Cor- how much how many how many productive years does Korver have left? And I think Hart might end up being the best of those four youngsters. Yeah, oh yeah. So let's talk about these four youngsters yeah. between Case uh, Ingram, number two pick, Lonzo, number two pick, Kuzma, number twenty-seven, Hart, number thirty. K- uh, Kuz and Hart are looking better than our number twos. I want to tell uh, our, our listeners out there: Amir did not refer to any <laughs> to any screen or paper as he was reading yeah. off the draft order I'm... of those players. <laughs> he just had it had it in the old cranium up there. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't want anybody to think that I'm reading or referencing anything. At all. <laughs> I need to be able to know that this is common knowledge for me. Um, but that's absurd. Yeah. The fact that we were able to get those two players. Last year's draft alone has Lonzo KCP and Josh Hart. I can't imagine a draft that yields three better youngsters. It's still early. Uh, how would you rank those four? Um, I mean, I think I'd still go Ingram one. I might put Josh Hart two. And, uh, and, then, and then, boy... I, I I don't know because I don't want to say Lon, I don't want to say Lonzo or Kuzma is fourth, but right now right. I might say Kuzma then Lonzo. It's really it's really the question I have to ask specifically: is who's yeah. a better player now, and then who has the best potential? So let's mm. do that. Who's the best player today? If you need to win a team, if you need to win a game, honestly, I think the I think the best guy on the uh, the best youngster this season for the Lakers has been Josh Hart. I would agree with that. Uh, but I think he's also the oldest, so the yes. most mature. So perhaps his ceiling is the lowest. Yeah, that tracks. Um, but I think, uh, but I mean, you know, he, he, I saw, I only saw the fourth quarter of the Timberwolves game because I was working, uh, but he was guarding. Bandwagon. Uh, you're yeah, a bandwagon. I'm a bandwagon fan. fan. It's, look, I started watching the Lakers last night. I watched the Minnesota fourth quarter of the Minnesota Timberwolves game. I think I'm caught up. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Hart's great. Uh, but no, he was guarding. Uh, he was guarding Carl Anthony Towns in the post, and he was like, he was like doing, he's like holding dog. his own. As he's like, a dog. Yeah, this the, I, he's good. I think probably potential wise, I I just go with Ingram. I just yeah. think I think he might just be really really good. Yeah, but yeah, he's got the highest ceiling, and yeah. then like Lonzo might be number two. Yeah, probably. Kuz, we sort of know what he is too, which is great. You might rever- you might almost like flip the order of, in terms of who's who's best now and who's got the most potential. You know, right? It's, it's almost, like yeah, the opposite. It's almost the inverse. Uh, okay, uh, we got some questions from Twitter. I don't know if you saw, but I tweeted, "Hey, have Nick Wagner on the show." Uh, uh, ask us anything about the Lakers, yeah. or I, you could just make fun of us. I did see that tweet, and then I didn't want to see any of the uh, the Questions responses, yet. so I blocked you. So that's why you're blocked. <laughs> did you really? No, I didn't. <laughs> you should have retweeted. All your fans would have started asking your questions. Oh, but then it I didn't think it would have muddied the water. All right, all right. Here we go. 
out of the Lakers' young core, says, oh, sorry, this is at Bombass Phoenix. So out of the Lakers' young core, who, in your opinion, should be untouchable in any future trades? So between the four we mentioned, who would you least want to give up in a trade? Oh, man. Because we just discussed some hypothetical trades. I, you know, I, I, I feel like this is a boring answer, but I think I'd sit. I think, here, here's my answer. Nobody. That's beautiful. I think there. I think there are probably deals that would make like if Anthony Davis is. If the difference between Anthony Davis is like is like we're offering Lonzo and they want Ingram. Yeah, you do it for Anthony Davis, yes. right? It's so it's like I don't. I think there there are players good enough where it would justify parting with any individual one of these players or some combination of them. Yeah, but a lot of it is just like let's just wait because we might be right. able to get these players for free. Right. Like, That's don't true too. trade for Clay. Don't trade for Kawhi. Yes. Let's keep these these youngsters intact with their super low contracts right. and then sign one of these guys in the offseason. We have max cap space this offseason. Exactly. We have We're, LeBron, the youngsters, max mm-hmm. cap space in Los Angeles. You have to think there 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 might be some attraction there. It is though it like it it completely backfired with both Paul George and possibly with Kawhi. It does. With yeah. just not, you know, not making the trade when you had the option. So. That's right. Paul we'll George see. specifically said that he was like slighted by that. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, Paul George, but also you're not playing that well either, Paul George. Yeah. So we feel slighted by you. That was a weird one that I, I wasn't expecting is the no meeting, straight up re-sign with the OKC Thunder, Paul George. I mean... I thought Paul George was in the bag and LeBron was a 50-50 and it turned out to be wildly the inverse i 100 percent thought paul george was coming the whole way and then yeah. he had that like midnight barbecue or whatever it was to announce that he was resigning <laughs> yeah. I was like all right well there, there we goes go. that and then there was like the 24 hours like shit we're not gonna get anybody yeah but our plans uh, <laughs> uh, uh we've been stacking cap space for what uh all right anthony forlando writes who's your favorite nba player appearance in media that isn't basketball related so we're talking about an NBA player's cameo Ooh. in pop culture. I gotta. I mean, I really liked Rick Fox on Oz. Whoa! I mean, just like though the HBO Prison series. That's that was cool. the one he was on, right? That was yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, like Rick Fox is like legitimately a good, like he's like a good actor, not just a good actor for an athlete. And then also too, it's just I, I like seeing a, a Laker and. Uh, succeed, prospering, handsome too. Very handsome. We, man. we, Jake and I have shot with Rick Fox. Whoa. We've shot comedy videos with Rick Fox. Wow. Rick Fox is like not only a hundred percent on board, but like as funny, if not funnier, than the comedians in the videos. Man, like, he is talented. He came up like ready. He was improvising with us. He was down to clown. He was amazingly friendly. He's like as good of a guy as you think Rick Fox would be. He is that and more. He, uh, it's. Inside the NBA makes me want to stop comedy because I'm just like, well, these guys are, you know, Shaq and and Barkley are NBA Hall of Famers and uh, they're funnier than me. And it's just like, I don't like they, I can't, they, oh, they're funnier than me. And then they also were, are really good at basketball. It's just like, why, why am I? bother <laughs> that's this like is, the blake I'm griffin wasted thing, like my life stand up now yeah exactly it's like stay in your lane pick one thing um i'll go with xavier mcdaniel on married with children oh that's a good one that's that was the first one that nice came to deep mind cut. <laughs> uh, anthony green writes if it's not too late it's not which if any non-legendary non-hall of fame lakers would you choose to start a franchise who do you love that's not in the Hall of Fame, like a role player? Mm. Wait, did they say they say Laker? Yeah. Specifically Lakers? Laker. 
I mean, I love Eddie Jones. Eddie I was a Jones big Eddie great. Eddie Jones guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, you know, maybe there's an alternate reality where he is a Hall of Famer. I don't know. You know, I mean, just like you never it, know. I, I think that maybe depending on situation and circumstance, he he might have hit uh, that high. Uh, I, I let's see, non Hall of Famer. Um, uh, I'll sh- I'll say Kurt Rambis, not because I necessarily was a big Kurt Rambis fan, but because my mom is was a was a was a Kurt Rambis fan. That's nice. And specifically, uh, my dad had a mustache my entire life, and when uh he finally shaved it, and I asked him why, this was just a few years ago, <laughs> and his answer was that uh, uh Kurt Rambis shaved his mustache, and my mom asked him to. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the Ned Flanders of the end. Yeah, yeah. Just this nice, wholesome, mustachioed right. man. He also like a guy who could probably wear goggles. Doesn't. Yes. Wore, wore straight up Wayfair plastic glasses during a basketball right. game. Uh, I got to go D Fish on this one. Oh, Derek Fisher's a great answer. When you want to win a basketball game. Yeah, for sure. I think he might have won us that Boston um, game when he had that layup over three Celtics. That kind of changed the course of this uh, that series. For sure. I don't know if we win without D-Fish, so that's my answer. Uh, KRMP12 writes, Have you ever noticed that Lance Stevenson sits in a separate chair behind the bench? I've seen him do this twice now. Why do you think this is? Have you noticed that? I have not. I think it's part of his contract. <laughs> I want that separate chair. He can't sit too close to the yeah, king. Exactly. It's, it's, like when, uh, it's like a writer on uh, from a rock star. <laughs> I have not noticed that. Although I will say that Lance has impressed the shit out of me. He's been great, and he's been really fun. Yes, I mean, it, he's like Showtime personified. Like, he's who you want off the bench. He's right. the instant offense. He's the guy who's dancing, posing for the cameras. He's been a great... Like, when we got Lance and Beasley... It was kind of interchangeable for me. I'm like, who are these crazy guys who can occasionally play well? Beasley's been unplayable, yeah. and Lance has been one of our best players. Yeah, Beasley's kind of out of the rotation. I, I feel like the, yeah, Lance is like, I was ready for him to be the most frustrating guy on the team, or I was ready for him, like, okay, the, he, this might be, he might just continually infuriate me, but he's been very good, and also, too, he's just like, he's so entertaining. I yeah. just like, you have to, to, have to consider the entertainment factor. <laughs> I mean, all these Laker games have been entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. There hasn't been one, like, where we weren't in the game at all. Right. Uh, including maybe one of the most entertaining Laker games of the last five years, that San Antonio game, which was absurd. Man, that was a hoot. Uh, and also to a gut punch at the end. Insane. Yeah. How we, you, you rarely see the steal a game and have it stolen. Right. Like the 99% win probability down to one, back to 99. Yeah. Roller coaster. All right, one last question. Real my, fuck you from God. My, <laughs> whoever she is. Dave Futernick, a buddy of mine, writes, all right, you got to choose one. By the grace of God, the Lakers win it all this year, but you have to share a studio apartment with LeVar Ball. For a year, and he's home a lot. Or two, LeBron casts you in Space Jam 2, but you get hazed by the Banana Boat crew. They'll do horrible things to you. Oh, boy. I think the the psychological torment of spending a year in a studio apartment with LeVar Ball, that feels greater than whatever hazing... The, the the banana boat crew will devise like I feel like that's I feel like it's gonna, there's going to be some good natured stuff there good natured ribbing yeah I feel like it's going to be like kind of fun I don't feel like I'm going going to get the shit beaten out of me <laughs> or like, like Dwayne Wade yeah exactly or and like Gabby having, Union yeah, yeah giving me a swirly yeah Gabby Union's making me drink kerosene <laughs> no I think I think it's going to be like I think it'd be a lot of fun I think you, you might get blindfolded and and you know think you're going to jump off a cliff and then it's just like a little coffee table but that's just a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I would go, I think I would do the opposite. I would live in a studio apartment. The idea of 
four professional athletes hazing me feels very threatening. I'm right. scared of that. And in number one, the Lakers get to win a championship, which should be very exciting. I think if the if you have a role in Space Jam two, that movie is going to play on TBS for fifty years. Oh, you're thinking of the monetary. Those residuals are going to last forever. <laughs> that's that's not a bad idea. Yeah. It might be worth the hazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. I've been asking some gambling questions, but this actually is a perfect segue into my second advertiser. My bookie. Do you know what my bookie is? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, watching basketball and football can be fun, but it's more entertaining when you got some action on the game. Have you ever gambled on sports? Uh, I'm so I'm a I'm a real sucker when it comes to betting. So yeah. yes, I have and lost money. <laughs> okay. I I personally love gambling, so I'm excited to talk about my bookie. Uh, if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and or or win a lot, they also have. Um, parlays where you can pick three teams to win and if you hit all three you can turn 100 into 600 there's just so much to bet on there's basketball there's hockey and there's actually a huge UFC fight this weekend between Cormier and Lewis do you follow UFC? I I don't but uh, Lewis is a lock (laughs) you heard it here first Uh, my book is is the one bet that I know you'll be happy with all year I recommend these guys because I trust them also Make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter or Instagram. They personally respond to every mention in DM, something that I don't necessarily do. So if you want to bet on these games, you can log on to MyBookie right now so you don't miss your last opportunity to connect on the industry's biggest bonus, and that is using promo code AMIR, that's my name, and you'll get your first deposit matched 100%. Wow, I should do this. That's promo code AMIR, my name, A-M-I-R. And they'll match your first deposit, 100%. You play, you win, you get paid. Thanks, my bookie. Uh, All right. Last week, I talked to a buddy of mine uh, about certain bets that we should make the day this podcast comes out. This is going to come out Wednesday, October 31st, Halloween night. Uh, Last week, our lock of the week was the Clippers-Pelicans over-under was set to like 239 Super high because the, the Pelicans had just scored 149 points. Mm. They set the line too high. We're like, that's not going to happen. Under 239 was our lock. It hit. It was like a 115 to 120 final. It was like wow. a 135, 235. It got close. It didn't get there. Just snuck in there. Uh, tomorrow, or I should say today by the time you're listening to this, the Lakers versus the Mavericks. Um, the line, do you care to guess the line? Would you would you possibly know what the Lakers are favored by in this game? Uh, again, I'm a I'm a real sucker when it comes to gambling. Yeah, uh, but I'm going to say uh, minus four and a half. That's close. It's minus six and a half. Lakers okay. are favored by six and a half, which is you know they're basically saying the Lakers are in close games versus great opponents and have destroyed the only shitty opponent they've played. Right. You're going to the game tomorrow. Do you have any inkling towards whether or not this is going to be another close one, another annoying Laker loss, or a Lakers blowout? Does this? Do you have any feeling in either direction? Mm, I feel like this might be a Lakers close win. Close win. Yeah, I think that. I think they 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 might just gut it out at home. Um, I think you know. I think that, they, that maybe the underrated thing is this is something of a DeAndre homecoming. Oh, uh, and so you know, not not that not just being in the same building, being back in Staples, right? And so I could see him maybe ha- like m- I might be a smattering of cheers from some. Uh, there's some weird people who are like both Wayward Lakers Clipper and fans. Clippers fans, which who I are don't. Those people, I don't know. I think they're lunatics. <laughs> I don't. I, they're they're lunatics slash people who wanted to be in on the Lob City era too, and then claim they're just like, oh, I'm just a fan of LA teams. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, but um, 
I, I don't know. I mean, that aside, I could see DeAndre just maybe having like a good game. Yeah. Uh, and that could be a factor. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the Lakers are going to pull this off. Lakers win, but not necessarily cover. Yes. And the over-under is very high, 235. So they're basically guessing that the game is going to be around 120 to 115. Does that right. seem high or does that seem about right to you? Boy. We can also bet the under. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I I'm mean, definitely putting money on one of these things. These Lakers games have been pretty high scoring, I they believe. They have been. I mean, just like they're they're not great defensively, especially on the perimeter. Which is uh, interesting to me because yeah. we're so long and young and right. athletic. Usually that translates to some defensive prowess. And we've, we were kind of like overachievers on defense last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like we're like sixth in the league for a spell. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it just hasn't been working out this year all that well. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time picking the under here. Yeah, it's also not a... I I bet that last week as our lock, and it's just not a fun bet to... Like, anytime they're scoring, you're just like, oh, this is annoying. Back to back, (laughs) you're like, fuck. It's kind of like betting against uh, action, betting against fun. Yeah, I'm going to bet for someone to turn their ankle. (laughs) So why don't we make our lock the Lakers-Dallas over? Just hope for a high-scoring affair. Win or lose, Lakers win by 3 or 30. As long as we get to, like, the 120s, 130s, and these are two teams that aren't necessarily great at defense anyway, so they'll want to score. Let's hope for a shootout. Yeah. It'll be a blast. That'll be a blast. Lakers, Mavericks, over 235, the Buckets, lock of the week. Are you feel comfortable with that? Lock it up. Lock it up, folks. All right. Nick, where can people find more of you? Where, if people want even more Nick Weiger in their lives, where are they getting it? Uh, you know, we were talking about social media earlier, at Nick Weiger. Uh, we just made a prediction here. I mentioned I'm very bad at gambling, uh, but I do do Weiger locks on Twitter sometimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I'll just I'll make a prediction and, call, and have a Weiger lock. My Weiger lock regarding Kawhi was that he would end up with a Clippers, which I think still might come true That's right. after this year. Probably uh, Lakers, Clippers, um, Raptors are the big three right now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he might I, the, the Raptors look really, really good, so he might just end up back there. Uh, I, wa- I want to I ask him in February where he wants to live. Like right now, right. the weather in Toronto is nice. They're winning games. When they go like a two or three game roads uh, home losing streak in February and it's negative 30, I want to ask him if he'd rather live in L.A., play with LeBron, or stay in Toronto. That's when we'll get like a better indication. Do you want to be in the icy north or sunny SoCal? <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, I mean... Global warming is going to render it all moot. <laughs> Come on, man. I told you not to bring this shit up. <laughs> this is supposed to be an escape. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, at Nick Weiger, but uh, check out uh, check out my podcast with uh, with my, my dumb friend Mike Mitchell, who's, who's a Celtics fan. Uh, we talk hoops sometimes, but we mostly talk chain restaurants and fast food. That's right, Doughboys. It's Dough called Doughboys. It's right here on I the HeadGum on Network. It. Yes. Uh, comes out uh, comes out Thursdays. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, check us out if you haven't already. Doughboys, wildly successful. I don't know if you're just being humble or what but Doughboys I'll say it right now is our most popular podcast on the HeadGum Network inexplicably popular people, <laughs> people have bad taste is what it comes down to <laughs> and great taste in fast food yeah. what, what restaurant did you review this week uh, our most recent review, well, we just finished a month where we went to a bunch of uh, October Blast, which was our month where we were reviewing all of the religious, <laughs> uh, the, the chain restaurants that have some connection to religion. So recently visited In-N-Out Burger, yeah. Chick-fil-A, yeah. Um, this uh, this odd place called The Loving Hut. which oh, is, is that actually, the church? Yeah, it's, it's owned by a, a 
cult. <laughs> so it, it's strange, but the food is actually pretty good. It's this vegan cult chain. Yeah, check it out and become indoctrinated if you haven't already. Um, and a recently reviewed Cracker Barrel. Oh, Cracker, Cracker Barrel is great. great. Oh, yeah. with Betsy. Yeah, we did with Betsy Sodaro. That was a great episode too. And where are you working nowadays? Do you want to plug that? Oh yeah, I love you, America. We so we still got a couple episodes left. Is it with Sarah Silverman? It's located on the Hulu network. So if you're if you're you're a Hulu subscriber, check it out. Uh, Sarah Silverman is is one of the funniest people on earth, and her show has a lot of her uh, comedy and also her politics. And I write for it. America needs that right now. They absolutely now America needs politics. Should we remind people to vote, or that doesn't quite matter as much? Yeah, vote. For the NBA All-Star teams. I'm looking at Kyle Kuzma, power forward. Vote Lonzo Ball for lieutenant general. And (laughs) write in uh, KCP for president. I don't know what to say. Josh Hart for comptroller. (laughs) Uh, Weiger, thank you so much for coming on the show. Finally. Thanks for having me. Talking about Lakers. Talking about buckets. Let's have you back on when the Lakers go on, let's say, a 10-game win streak. Yeah. 12 game. We're going to rattle off a lot. And you got to get uh, Mike Mitchell on here when the Celtics are really struggling. Uh, which is never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, they're so fucking I know, it's frustrating. Good. That's what makes Lonzo look even worse is the fact that Jason Tatum was right there. And Jason Tatum is like a prototypical, evolved, superhuman basketball player at yeah. that same age. It's tough because it was just, you know, Fultz and, and Lonzo, I feel like, were such a consensus one-two that it's it's tough to second-guess that. But, yeah, Tatum is just so, so good. Fuck. I'm going to second-guess that. All right. Thanks, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>